Father in heaven, we just thank you again for this beautiful Sabbath. Thank you again for blessing us with uh, your grace and mercy. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give us practical instruction. Uh, God, this is um, human wisdom, but we pray for divine wisdom right now. You know our hearts, our minds, our bodies, how you created us as whole beings. And Jesus, we, we ask that uh, you would bless us to be the very best people we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hopefully I don't fall off this thing. It is, uh, yes. All right, thank you, Arden. appreciate that. Um, I'm, maybe I'll just come down here. All right, much better. All right, very good. Uh, stay, stay away from there. Okay, gotcha. All right, now I know what my dog hero feels like being on a leash. Okay, very good. All right. Name of the seminar is called Biohacking Your Health. Biohacking Your Health. How many people really love uh, learning about health? Raise your hand if that's you. Amen. That's probably why you're here. And if you don't like learning about your health, hopefully this will change your mind. We're going to go through it rapid fire. There's lots of information here, lots of stuff here. And uh, I am willing to give the PowerPoint um, next week. So if you come to me, or maybe I'll give it to Arden, and Arden will, you'll, 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 okay, great. Awesome. So you can get it from him. So you can take a good look at all the references. You can take a good look at all the sources, and you can learn more and more about this. Um, how to biohack your health. How to biohack your health. So what does it mean to biohack? Are we talking about computers here? What is this, uh, this verb biohack? I've never heard of it before. It's become recently used. There are actually multiple definitions of the word biohacking. Um, it was started by a guy by the name of David Asprey. Does anybody know who David Asprey is? Okay, has anybody ever heard of this company called Bulletproof Coffee? You ever heard of Bulletproof Coffee? You are good Seventh-day Adventist. And so are you, brother, because of God's grace. Amen? All right. <laughs> so, and so, okay, so David Asprey is this guy who runs this company called Bulletproof. He nearly died. He was dehydrated. He was sick. He was so weak. And... Uh, he, he fell down, he collapsed, some uh, shepherds found him, they brought him back to their tents, and when they brought him back to their tents, they actually gave him this very strange concoction, it was some kind of tea. And uh, what this tea is, is basically, it is tea, but it uses yak milk. It uses yak milk, and it uses um, butter, it uses butter as well. And that's all it is besides the, the regular uh, coffee grinds. And so he, he, he took it. He felt so amazing. And he's like, yes, I feel so great. He was able to finish his hike, came back to America, tried to duplicate the recipe. And uh, there you have uh, bulletproof coffee. Now, I'm not promoting coffee by any means. I'm just simply saying this is the story. So anyways, he started growing in popularity because he began to talk about um, how to hack your body system how to hack your body system. And he eventually came up with this term called biohacking, right? So what exactly is biohacking? How can we understand a more comprehensive definition? Take a look at this. Biohacking is a process of making changes to your lifestyle in order to hack your body's biology and feel your best. By biohacking yourself, you can actually transform your body so you feel more energized, be more productive, and overall feel like the best possible version of yourself. 
Now, how many people would love to feel like the best possible version of their self? Say amen if you do. Amen. I mean, who wouldn't want to feel that way, right? And so we're going to be talking about some tips, some tricks, some uh, stuff that you can do to hack into your body and uh, things that you can um, just add on to your lifestyle that can really improve many things, that can improve many things, right? Uh, I, I did a little bit of this lesson actually at um, Advent Hope, um, I think it was a few months ago, and I talked about the Daniel diet, right? The Bible says talking about Daniel, right? When you think about health, and you think about someone that had uh, just the blessings of good health, a good mind, good body, and who's that? That is Daniel, right? And you learn that he was 10 times wiser. He was fatter in flesh. He was uh, more stronger. He had a vitality to his life. And there was a presence about Daniel that could be traced to his lifestyle, right? So when you think about Daniel, you can learn many different lessons. This is Daniel's advice, advice that we have heard before. Notice what the Bible says right here. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for how many days? Ten days. And let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Depending on your translation, it actually may say pulse. Pulse actually includes lentils as part of that, right? Vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearances be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacy. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants, right? And we learn that Daniel, because he followed these laws, the laws of health, the laws of biology, uh, understanding the way his body and mind works, plus the blessings of God, right? This was also divine contribution here 100%. And because he followed through with these things, God honored him, and he stood out amongst his peers, and God promoted him. What else did Daniel receive? Not just good looks, not just a clear mind. The very last verse tells us in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel lived until the first year of King Cyrus. You know what else Daniel was blessed with? Longevity. He outlived three kings, came to the fourth king, and was able to see part of the fulfillment of the 70 um, years prophecy that Israel would be in captivity and then eventually uh, let go, be freed. Daniel lived long enough to see prophecy fulfilled. And when you read the very last chapter, you know Daniel is given the greatest um, accolade, the greatest blessing of all scripture. What's the greatest blessing of all scripture? Daniel was told at the very end of Daniel chapter 12, Daniel, go your way, rest, for you will rise at the end of days. You know what Daniel was told? Look, you have the assurance of eternal life. But Daniel 12 would never have happened without the previous chapters. And so we can go all the way. We can rewind the book of Daniel. We go right back to Daniel chapter 1, and we can understand some powerful things about diet. Can you say amen to that? Number two, I want to tell you this before we jump into this as well. Your lifestyle does not make you uh, more loved by God. Can you say amen to that? Uh, the vegan cheese does not give you merits before Christ. Amen? You cannot add to the free and full redemption that God offers. This isn't the 1970s. We're not trying to promote a health message that is based upon merits. Can you say amen to that? The purpose of health is to be the very best person you can be and draw others to the God of the Bible who understands all things and loves all beings. Amen? Amen. So let's jump in a little bit into health. Take a good look at this man right here. 
kind of the same smile. Now I want you to notice something about his shirts right there. He has one shirt that says what? Vegan. The other shirt that says what? Bacon, right? What this was was an experiment that was done on Tinder. You know what Tinder is? It's more than a dating site, brother, right? Tinder, which I actually found out a few years ago, not because I looked, but because someone had informed me what it was. Tinder is actually a site for hooking up. And hooking up is just a, a sort of a, a watered-down way of saying for people that want to have one-night stands with each other. And so that's what Tinder is. So PETA, do you know what PETA is? People for the ethical treatment of what? Yeah, it's like CPS for animals, right? And so what PETA did is they put an experiment where they wanted to see how people who were plant-based vegans were viewed by the world versus someone who was not plant-based. So they took the same man, they put him on Tinder, and uh, they had him wear one shirt that says bacon, and then another shirt that says vegan. And what they found is the one that had the vegan profile was actually given twice as many swipes. In other words, people were more interested in him because of the vegan lifestyle that he had. This might explain why some of us are not married. Let's continue. <laughs> Take a good look at this right here. Here you have the same individual on the same website. And they also, by the way, they did this test in America. And these were the results. Then they took it to Australia. They found very similar results. Took the same uh, experiment, did it in the UK. And they found very similar results. That the one man who seemed to be conscious about his diet and about his lifestyle seemed much more attractive than the man who was, you know, fishing and eating bacon and all sorts of things, right? Here he is with, a, it looks like a giant steak and a watermelon, right? They said they ran their study in Pittsburgh, Dallas, and Los Angeles. Overall, the vegan profile got 50% more right swipes, excuse me, 50%, not twice as much, right swipes in the meat eater profile. Take a look right there. There you can see him in front of a new vegan ice cream sign and then one that says extra bacon double cheeseburger. Quite interesting, right? Very interesting. Let's continue with this. They did a study recently, not recently, actually, a few years ago, where they wanted to test the body odor of people who were plant-based versus the body odor of people who were not plant-based. So what they did is they put men on a on diet where they were eating primarily meat and men that were eating primarily vegetables. And after a few weeks of eating this diet, they had them exercise until they were sweating profusely. Then they stuck a cotton pad underneath their armpit, had them do more exercise until their sweat seeped into the cotton pad. They took it to a group of women and they said, tell us what this smells like. <laughs> Sniffed my 30 female students and what did they discover? Women rated the body odors of men to be who were plant-based to be sexier, more pleasant, and less intense after they had given up meat for two weeks. In fact, the sweat produced by veg-eating men was described as floral, fruity, sweet, and having medicinal qualities. <laughs> men, you don't have to give flowers. You can be the flower, right? <laughs> All right, let's continue with this. Some of you are scratching your head. This might explain so many different things right now. Okay, let's continue with this. What else did they find in another study that were done? By the way, you can find this on nutritionfacts.org. Do you know who runs nutritionfacts.org? Anybody know? You're saying Greg. Michael Greger. He's actually considered one of the foremost uh, medical 
professionals and authority on the plant-based diet. His website is just full of resources and references. Um, many Adventist health studies are there. He actually quotes lots of Adventist health studies. This all comes from many of the uh, uh, research comes from the Adventist health study. What they did is they began to test men. And uh, they wanted to test, and they took men who were very dark-skinned to men who were very light-skinned, and they wanted to test their attractiveness. And what they found was quite extraordinary. And uh, fruit and vegetables consumption and ingestion of carotenoids. Carotenoids are sort of the, the, the cell structure, the cell that's found in the pigment of the fruit, that when men were digesting and ingesting these carotenoids, what began to happen over a period of time is that their skin began to actually change color. Continues. They found to be associated with human skin color a yellowness. In fact, uh, Dr. McDougall calls it the golden glow that happens when you consume lots of fruits and vegetables. They found men that had the golden glow, whether they're very dark skin or very light skin, to be more attractive if they had that golden glow. And they trace it to the high fruit and vegetable consumption. Now you may think, I'm Asian, I got a head start, I want you to know something. You still need your fruits and vegetables. Can you say amen to that? Right? This is something that's more than skin color. And it just seems to be the sheen and uh, the sort of glow that is produced of vitality when someone eats very healthy. Right? Let's continue. We're going to be talking a little bit more about how to biohack your system. What else can we talk about? How about meals? Talking about meals. And by the way... Obviously, this does not apply because it's Sabbath. Can you say amen to that? Just kidding. No, we're all going to be held accountable to this, even me. Let's continue with this. You take a good look at uh, a lot of uh, bodybuilders, and uh, a lot of people see these like Mr. Olympia. I have a man, I have a friend who's been trying to invite me to the uh, uh, Arnold Classic. And you see these guys that are like the boon of health. Perhaps you have an Instagram account and uh, where you see bodybuilders and fitness experts and individuals that seem to look very muscular, individuals that seem to look healthy, seem to be very athletic. And then you find out about their diet. And you may get a recommendation, you need to eat anywhere from six to eight meals a day. Small meals. And this is actually recommended by people who are on this program. But here's the problem. This is what a lot of people do not know about these bodybuilders that are winning these contests. Many of them are actually dying around the age of early 50s and late 40s. It is a phenomenon that's been growing. They're getting all sorts of cancer, from colon cancer to stomach cancer. Why? Because they're constantly putting food into their system. Their body does has, has no time to uh, relax and rejuvenate and recover. And so the body, being constantly taxed over and over again, begins to pull away from systems. Outwardly, they may look healthy for a period of time, but inwardly, they have become simply the coffins of dead animals. It's really interesting just to see the phenomenon that's happening among bodybuilders right now, how many of them are dying. So what can we understand about meal timing and does it really matter? This is very interesting. Results suggest that eating in relatively healthy adults, eating less frequently, no snacking, and consuming breakfast, and eating the largest meal in the morning may be effective methods for preventing long-term weight gain. Eating breakfast and lunch five to six hours apart and making the overnight fast last 18 to 19 hours may be a useful practical strategy, right? Now, you know what's really interesting about this? If you come from the Indian culture, you know one thing. 
our biggest meals are at nighttime. And we're not just talking about the biggest meals at nighttime. We are talking about like a five-course meal at nighttime. And when friends or family comes by, I mean, you're eating for hours on end. You go to an Indian gathering, you're eating from the moment you get there till four hours later. And if you've ever been to an Indian gathering, you probably gain five to six pounds afterwards, right? But here's the thing. When I begin to understand a little bit more about digestion, understanding that this is the power plant of the system, this is where energy is most used, most consumed, most utilized, that when this system is overtaxed, your body will pay the price one way or the other. And so when it comes to meal timing, the reason why eating breakfast is so important is because your body, your digestion is most optimal, most primed for consuming food and processing food in the morning. In fact, when you go a little bit later on the day, do you know your body has um, a um, inefficient, it grows around 3 to 4 p.m. It's suggested by researchers around 3 to 4 p.m. that your body becomes less effective at processing sugar. This is why lots of people who eat sugary desserts at night tend to gain a lot of weight. Why? Because your body is less optimal at processing sugar later on in the evening. Your body does not need um, all that stuff towards the evening. Why? Because it's about to go to sleep mode, restoration mode. Your body in the morning, in the day, when it's using this, needs the food, it needs the calories during that time. By the way, do you know Ellen White? She actually went on this fan. Now we call this today, we could probably call this intermittent fasting, right? Where you eat within a certain window. Do you know her first meal of the day, this was towards the end of her life, was around 6 a.m. to 6.30 a.m.? Do you know when her second meal was? Around 1 p.m. And then she didn't eat the rest of the day. And you know what happened? She even says in her writings, over the next few months, I lost 25 to 30 pounds of flesh. That's what she says, 30 pounds of flesh, right? Even to the very last moment, uh, last few days of her life before she broke her hip, she, people would say she had this jump in her step. She seemed to have this vitality and this energy about her life, this little old lady, right? Why? Because she was following the, the laws of health very uh, more carefully, especially towards the later on year, later years of her life. Did she struggle with that? Yes, she did. But over time, she grew in that understanding. And diet is a journey. Can we say amen to that? Whenever people tell me, Pastor, I just I can't do this. I said, look, diet is a journey. You've just got to take one step at a time. Amen? Amen. Let's continue with this, right? This is very interesting. Um, the men who followed a diet in which they consumed all of their daily calories by 3 p.m. each day, resulting in a fasting period of up to 18 hours in each 24 hours. The results were clear. When finishing their day's calories by 3 p.m., the men lost more weight, had improved insulin sensitivity, and better controlled the hormone insulin that controls fat metabolism, lower blood pressure, and also craved fewer sweet foods in the evening as a result. Very interesting. Let's continue with this. Let's talk about the brain. Fasting, right? Let's talk about fasting. One study with 40 mice showed that fasting improved their memory ability as well as lowered inflammation in the brain. The fasting mice were able to complete a complex maze in faster times than those mice that, did, uh, that were not doing fasting. Anybody have heard of Walter Longo? Who's Walter Longo? Yeah, he's a scientist at where? USC, and he runs the Longevity Institute where he actually does long-term uh, studies on fasting. He eventually came up with this diet called the Mimicking Fasting Diet. What it is, it's a low-calorie diet that mimics the benefits of people who are fasting, and you do this over a period of five, uh, five days. 
Anyways, he was saying that in his research, he discovered that when the mice were on this fasting diet, that they lived a lot longer than the mice that were not on the fasting diet. In other words, fasting gave their body a break and allowed their system to be restored, and they were able to live a lot longer. Now, how many people here can do fasting no problem? You are blessed of the Lord. For most people, like I had this one friend, by the way, true story. He calls me up and he says, oh, no, I'm going to fast for you. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, I'm going to fast for you. I just feel impressed. I need to fast for you. This was about 8 a.m. And about 10 a.m. he calls me. And he's like, brother, I just failed. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, it's been two hours, man. He's like, I just couldn't do it. I just, I got so hungry in my body. I just caved in. I'm sorry, man. I'll pray for you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Here's the thing. Fasting is not easy, no question about it. But here's the thing, fasting can be a very beautiful thing. And fasting is something that you can split over the course of two days. You may not fast the full 24 hours. You may fast over the course of two days. You may fast one meal, two meals. But what you wanna generally do is uh, make sure that when you're fasting, you're drinking plenty of water, amen? You wanna make sure you're hydrated and you're not pushing yourself during those periods. But amazing things can happen during that time, right? Look what Ellen White says here. This woman, being well ahead of her time, was able to gather resources and sources of health that were during her time when there was a lot of confusion about health. She was, through inspiration, able to gather good information, pick out the good in the midst of all that was bad, and compile it and make this beautiful system of health advice. Notice what she said well before intermittent fasting came out. There are persons who would be benefited by abstinence from food for a day or two, notice this, every week than by any amount of medicine or treatment or medical advice. To fast one day a week, notice this, would be of incalculable benefit to them. Let me ask you a question. Anybody can tell me what the word incalculable means? Can't calculate it. Thank you, Webster's Dictionary. You have destroyed an entire generation's ability to understand definitions, right? Yes. Anybody else? What's the word incalculable mean? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I can't hear. I guess. Yes. Immeasurable. Okay, yes. You can't count it. Notice what she is saying right here. Look, to fast one day a week would be of incalculable benefits. In other words, you, you, can't, you can't register this thing. You can't measure this thing. What it could do for your mind and body is phenomenal. If, you have, if you're someone that has inflammation, I mean, this, it's extraordinary when you actually start doing some fasting and you will see what your body does during that time. And by the way, in all things, please consult your daughter, uh, do, uh, not your daughter, your doctor. <laughs> I don't want to be sued. All right, let's continue. All right. It is foolish for one to keep on eating day after day and yet wonder why he's in distress. Let such a one relieve himself from, from distress by changing his diet or eating less. If he wills to do it, so soon can he obtain relief. Let's continue with this. How about contrast showers? You're like, contrast showers? How is this biohacking? Because when you actually begin to study out what contrast showers can do to you, it is quite amazing. Contrast showers. What's contrast showers? Contrast showers is when you're turning the water as hot as you can do for a period of time. You're rotating then to water as cold as you can take it. And you do this rotation anywhere from five to ten times. But really, is it that big of a deal? Or is it just some kind of hokey pokey advice from that Adventist lady that's all into health remedies that's in your church that no one really likes? Let's continue. This is very interesting. Number one, what are the benefits of contrast showers? They found that it increased immunity. 
In other words, when people were taking contrast showers, there was less, less sickness reported amongst employees. They found a vitality and energy um, that, by the way, I do contrast showers occasionally. And when I do a contrast shower, I'll tell you this, it is better than one gallon of caffeine. You come out of that thing, your mind is sharp, you just feel energized. If you were sluggish, you take a contrast shower. Now I know there may be a moment of discomfort when you're like trying to like, you know, move around in the shower. But here's the thing, after the second rotation, it's normal. You turn on the cold water, you're like, I can easily do this. And you obviously want to target the extremities of the body. Uh, why? Because you want blood flow in those areas, right? What else can it do? Raises fertility. One study found that men who are forced to stop taking hot showers experience, this is interesting, a boost of nearly 500% in their sperm count just six months later. This is because the extremities need cool environments, not warm, hot baths. And did this study very interesting in Sweden where they found that men that were taking hot contrast showers targeting their extremities, that their fertility rates were much higher, right? Men, stop wearing skinny pants. Amen. Let's continue with this. Number three, lose weight, lose weight, right? This is a very interesting study that they did. And what they found when I was actually doing some research on contrast showers, there was one group that reported they were able to lose weight and then another group were reported that they weren't able to lose weight. Do you know why they weren't able to lose weight, the second group? Because when they took contrast showers, their metabolism jump-started and you know what they did as a result? They ate more. They actually reported that. Because we did contrast showers, we actually started eating more. That's why we didn't lose weight. But the first group had a very, uh, you know, more rigid structure to it. They were not able to eat more. They had certain calories they were supposed to eat and were given, and that's why they lost weight. So contrast showers can do amazing things for losing weight. Number four, kill depression. Kill depression. This is something, by the way, that when you take a contrast shower, your brain is so just kick fires. It just like jump starts. It's energized. When I take a contrast shower a few times out of the week, I come out of that contrast shower feeling like, man, this is probably what it feels like when you are just hit by God's lightning, right? You're just like, I am so charged. And you're just ready to go. And you seem to have this like buoyancy to the rest of your day as a result. You don't have this sluggishness, probably around like maybe after your lunch where you start being like, I'm a little bit sluggish. And it just feels your blood is circulating well. By the way, you know what Ellen White says about perfect health, right? Perfect health requires perfect circulation, right? It all depends upon circulation. Let's continue this. Number five, increased muscle recovery. There are studies by MMA fighters, football uh, players and bodybuilders that when they jump into an ice-cold bath and then they do contrast showers That they found muscle recovery speeding up as a result of these contrast showers So what would be an example of a contrast shower? Well, this is something that uh, I do I follow this particular protocol based upon one of the studies is after I do the rest of the first part of the shower I do the soap the shampoo and all the other stuff when I am done with that, I will turn the water as cold as I can take it. I will start in the back, and I will make my way towards the front. And I time myself for about a minute. And when I do it, it feels like just bloody murder during that time. But when you turn on the hot, it's like, oh, this is so amazing. But you have to limit yourself to about 30 seconds, right? Then you switch back to the cold. When you do the second rotation, you're like, I can take this cold a little bit better. And then you go back to the hot, you're like, this is amazing. And you do five to 10 rotations. I'm telling you, 
Notice what happens after just one day of doing this. Notice what happens after three days of taking a contrast showers. I know it's a little bit of discomfort, but you're going to see the benefits for the rest of the day. I mean, this is amazing. Let's continue with this. Firefighters, firefighters. Do you know there was a number of 9-11 firefighters that actually suffered um, uh, many different kinds of diseases, issues, problems that happened as a result of uh, just being in that area? My sister, when she was in New York during 9-11, she describes that down the streets, it was just this smoke particle that would just go through the area. You just could not see a single thing. And firefighters were rushing in. Some of them were having to pull off their, their masks, and they were breathing in air. People within one mile were reporting issues. Miles away were reporting issues. But these firefighters were in that ground zero, fighting these fires. Many of them actually had physical symptoms years later. But there was a group of people that did not. A group of firefighters that did not. Whoa. What in, the world, what, what in the world happened with this group of fires? How, firefighters, how were they able to avoid not getting many of these problems, these symptoms from the environment of uh, ground zero? There is a protocol, and this protocol actually comes from Scientologists. And uh, it is called the Hubbard Detox Method. And what the Hubbard Detox Method is, is that it takes certain amount of niacin. You know what niacin is, right? It's a B vitamin, fairly harmless. Gotta be careful if you have liver issues though. And dry sauna. And what they did is they did a test. There was funding for a test on 9-11 firefighters. And what they found is that when these 9-11 firefighters were on this protocol, that initially they started sweating blue. Do you know why they were sweating blue? fire retardant. Their bodies had absorbed so much fire retardant that during this time of detoxification, and by the way, this is one of the reasons why Hollywood stars are attracted to Scientologists, is because they actually have a very interesting detox program for people who are drug addicts. They are very effective of getting people off drugs. Why? Because they put them through this protocol. But you don't need to be a Scientologist. Amen? Amen. Of course not, right? You can get into a dry sauna, right? You can go into a dry sauna and you will find yourself sweating out toxins. Now, I love working out. I love going to the gym. I love exercising. But when I was a conference evangelist for a few years, I used to always get sick. Anybody ever done evangelism? You know it's so taxing upon your your mind, your body. You are just tired, dead tired when you're doing evangelism. Well, I always get sick during evangelism. And one day I started to pray about it. I said, God, I don't want to keep getting sick during the evangelism. What do I do? And that morning, God led me to some very interesting information. Notice what Ellen White says right here. This is what I read. Impurities are constantly thrown off from the body through the skin. Its millions of pores are quickly clogged unless kept clean by frequent bathing. The context is she's talking about bathing, but she's talking about biology, the biology of the skin. She says this, and impurities which should pass off through the skin become an additional burden to the other eliminating organs. In other words, that if you are not sweating appropriately, what begins to happen is the the other organs of your body begin to take more of a load on and eventually become burdened. And so this is phenomenal because what I started to do, I'm like, you know what I need to start doing? I need to start sweating. 
And I realized I was working out to the degree in which I was not sweating. So I started pushing myself. I started sweating a little bit more. I went to the dry sauna that was there, and I started to sweat. And you know what happened? I stopped getting sick. I stopped getting sick. After evangelism, no sickness whatsoever. And uh, in fact, it still remains a protocol to this day. I did a three-week kids program called Team Bible Academy. Two days later, I did camp meeting. Two days later, I went on a, a mission trip to Guatemala. And uh, a lot of the people who were all the way through the entire summer, some were just like tired, they're worn out, they were getting sick. And they said, Pastor, no, how come you're not sick? Because the day after I came back, I went into the sauna and I sweated for about 30 minutes. And I did this throughout the course of the week. And so this is really important. In fact, what is so interesting, firefighters in many fire departments actually now have a dry sauna in their department to help them detoxify uh, many of the environmental toxins they're taking in while they're fighting, uh, fighting fires. So it's very remarkable. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it's quite amazing. Here was a study that was done talking about heavy metals that actually left the body because of dry sauna therapy, right? Dry sauna therapy. And by the way, if you have heart issues, again, always consult your doctor before you do any of this kind of stuff. All right. Let's continue with this. Now we're going to talk about an amazing supplement. You're like, wait a minute, Anel, is this a pyramid scheme? You've been leading us to this point to sell us, to sell us your supplements? We're going to talk about a supplement. By the way, this is one of the best supplements you can take for your health. You're like, okay, how good is the supplement? Let me just tell you something. This is a supplement that is so amazing. I mean, when you take a good look at the ingredients that are part of this supplement, it can do phenomenal wonders for you. And uh, you don't even have to wait to sundown to get a hold of this supplement. Take a look at this supplement right here. Uh, Mary Hart does good like medicine. Can you say amen to that? Right? But a broken spirit dries the what? The bone. Right? Depression is something so big. You know there's something, especially if you're in ministry full time, or maybe you work a career that's really intense, or maybe it's school, schooling. There's something we like to do. I'll tell you what it's called. It's called brooding. You know what brooding is? Anybody know what brooding is? Many of us are really good at brooding. Right? You know what brooding is? Brooding is where you come within yourself and you start thinking about all the things that are going wrong in your life. Your countenance falls and you're sitting there and it seems that life is no longer bright. It seems that you are in a place where you have truly messed up. You are not the person you should be. And when you're confined to your thoughts, it's just this stream of negativity. But notice, this is very interesting. If you are to... What Ellen White says right here, and this is so important, in just kind of um, on this journey recently I've, I've been on, I feel God has led me on when it comes to understanding about mental health. Uh, notice what is said right here, and we can't miss this point right here. If we miss this point, we're going to miss something so extraordinary when it comes to health. Sickness of the mind prevails everywhere. Notice this. Nine-tenths of the diseases from which men suffer have their foundation where? You know, when I read this, I thought to myself, oh, what she is saying is people are imagining disease. But that's not a careful reading of what she's actually saying. When you actually read what she is saying is, look, when it comes to your emotions, when it comes to your thoughts, when it comes to your feelings, when it comes to just the, the state of mind, it actually can have a physical effect upon your body. 
And the older you get, the more critical this becomes. But then in this similar passage in which he's talking about mental health, she says these words right here. A merry heart does good like medicine. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Gratitude, rejoicing, benevolence, trust in God's love and care. Notice this. These are health's greatest safeguards. Wait a minute. It's more than the dry sauna. It's more than the vegan diet. Well, how do you know that? Because you can have people who are lifelong smokers and drinkers live till they're 105 years old and die. Why? Because they have a buoyancy in their emotional state. You tend to find people who are very happy for some whatever reason. But nonetheless, it is that happiness and that joyfulness and that positive spirit that they have that keeps them afloat even though they're killing their body with these kinds of things. She says this, gratitude, rejoicing, benevolence, trust in love God and God's love and care. These are health's greatest safeguards. And notice this, to the Israelites, they were to be the very keynote of life. Look at the formula right there. Gratitude, rejoicing, benevolence, trust in God's love and care. These are health's greatest safeguards. Do you know why the gospel is so important? In fact, John Stott, he was a theologian, Anglican theologian who died a few years ago, wrote many wonderful books and also believed in the annihilationist theory uh, uh, when it comes to hellfire, similar to Seventh-day Adventists. And he said this talking about the gospel. He says, my good friend is a psychiatrist and he told me if I could teach my patients that they were forgiven by God, half of them could go home. The world is starving for a resolution to deal with the sin dilemma and the byproducts of sin, uncertainty and fear, guilt and pain and sorrow. And the gospel provides healing and grace. Amen. By the way, when you actually study the book of Matthew, do you remember the woman who came to Jesus? She reached through the crowd and she wanted healing. The Bible actually says that she went to many doctors to find healing. The Greek word for healing is where you get the word therapy. But when Jesus heals her and then she gives a testimony of her faith, the, Jesus says, you are now healed. The word is sozo, which means healing that also plays into spiritual healing as well. Jesus was not just interested in giving her physical healing. He wanted to have her, her to have a whole healing, a whole healing. Can you say amen to that? You know, the reason I went on this journey is because a, um, earlier this year, um, I had a, uh, one of my friends uh, was a youth kid. That was the first youth kid I had when I went to the Series 7 Amos Church. He went through a rough time, and he actually died. Um, and his mom is still a good friend. The family's a good friend. And he went through a journey where he was broken by some things and he didn't recover from it and I did realize this that some things are only going to have to be repaired in heaven sin has broken some things that only God will have to fix later on that is human nature but it was through this journey that I begin to understand some things about mental health that I did not understand before. You know, the number one health crisis among young adults in Michigan is mental health. It's not diabetes, not heart disease. It is mental health. 
We have, we live in a world that is constantly breaking us down emotionally, mentally, spiritually, socially, physically. But the gospel offers freedom and grace and love and redemption. And where the spirit of God is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. This is what God offers. And through the gospel and through trust in the gospel, we can find joy and a buoyancy to life and, and gratitude can be on our lips. You know, I, I've reached a certain stand, uh, milestone in my life, but I've decided something, and I've thought about this. As I get older, I'm going to probably encounter more people who are going to die. I'm going to encounter more people, maybe family members that are close to me, they're going to pass away. I'm going to deal with parts of my body that inevitably will shut down, that will become, you know, problematic. I will deal with the betrayal of my body somehow later on the line. It's inevitable. It's part of the age, the, the life that we live on this side of heaven. But I made a decision that I want the second half of my life, regardless of those things that are happening to me, to be full of greater praise and bringing more glory to God. Can you say amen to that? Friends, this is the formula right there. Gratitude, rejoicing, benevolence, trust in God's love and care. And by the way, there are so many studies that show the blessings and benefits of gratitude. And when you simply begin to have an attitude of gratitude, you'll begin to find that thanksgiving is thanksgiving. Can you say amen to that? And you will find your, the, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. I am telling you, as Christians, the greatest thing we can be happy for each and every day is that we have a God who loves us, who cares for us, and is working out His will and ways for our benefits. Can you say amen to that? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you. For grace and mercy, thank you for the boon of health. And thank you for being with us and blessing us. Lord, may our blessings be more than just for ourselves, but to bless as many people as possible. And Lord, whatever part of this presentation was good and practical and useful, may we apply it and find some kind of relief for whatever um, issue we may be dealing with. Lord, we pray that as we depart from this place, that um, the joy of the Lord would be our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.